Hi everyone, welcome to Fact Fit. We've got uh, another guest on. We've got Joffy on today, a pro MMA fighter from SBG Manchester. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's me. Um, that's so weird to say. That's so weird. A pro. That pro fighter. Smash his head in for fun. Um, I seem to be going down the MMA route the more podcasts I do. <laughs> I'm becoming the new Ariel Helwani, which isn't all bad. Good vibe. It's a good vibe. I'd like that vibe. Ariel or Joe, whichever. Yeah, Joe, definitely Joe. But um, we're just going to generally chat today. Joffy and me haven't spoken in a while. I first started training with Joffy when he when he started jujitsu, and I used to whoop his ass. So I like to thank myself for how far he's come. <laughs> Mentorship. I'm sure he's got something to say about that. I don't really. I don't really understand how you got to that. Like I don't <laughs> understand how you really being unconscious or having a foot broken. <laughs> That we roll gets you to. I'm smashing you. I don't. If you can explain it, like I'm happy to hear it. But like, I remember you a lot of the time doing this. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the ultimate. That's the ultimate move in jujitsu. It works on everyone. It Never not worked you, for me. It means you lose. Don't no. explain nah. that. Nah, I've never lost. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll say if you give me that win or learn shit, I swear to stuff. No, I'm not about that. You've got to win. You've got to be a winner, man. Exactly. And this is my concern. I think this is ultimately why jiu-jitsu clearly wasn't for you. There was a lot of losing going there was, on. Yeah, there was a hell of a lot of losing going on. Yeah, yeah. And there, was, there wasn't even much learning, which was the upsetting thing. And do you want me to tell you something about MMA that's really disappointing? I was even worse at striking. Like jujitsu was my my strong point. Do you know what? I can believe it. Yeah, I can believe it. I look at you and go, "Well, this kid can't punch. Maybe no. maybe he'll grapple." And then nah, you start grappling, you're like, "Oh, oh, maybe not." Yeah, maybe he's a, maybe he's all right at striking. No, terrible. I think That's like awful. the best situation, like the best thing you can do in those kind of situations, is just go and lift and and just hope everything gets better. Like maybe. Yeah. It's not that you're bad at something. Maybe it's just you're not strong. Because sometimes, maybe it's not technique. Maybe just muscle the move on. You've got to remember as well, I was training with guys that were the same weight as me, so I couldn't even use that. Exactly. And again, you still weren't very good. No, <sighs> terrible. But that, that's a big thing. People, There's so many people out there that keep doing stuff that they're fucking terrible at. Like, go and find something you're good at. Like... Um, there's MMA. I, I get it if it's a hobby. I get it if it's a hobby, but there's some there's some guys on the circuit in MMA that just should stop fighting. Like it's not good. <laughs> no, like you're you're fairly good and you do doing yeah. well. No, absolutely not. Categorically wrong. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. But, but there's some there's some guys out there that are just cruising for a bruising. I think if you look at like the UK domestic scene, not so much like let, let's eliminate like the professional, like the high level yeah. professionals. Let's remove the UFC and let's remove like even the other ones, one championship, Bellator, even down to like say Cage Warriors. If we just look at it in, in the UK domestic scene, once you kind of leave amateur, the low level pros are probably lower, a lower standard than the high level amateurs. Yeah, you've got guys like uh, Markov who's who's absolutely battering everybody in the in the IMAF scene. You know he's he'll sign to the UFC straight out of amateurs. He's like thirteen only. He's, he's got a deep kind of record as an amateur. It's mental. You know you've got guys that are really smashing the the, the, the amateur scene at the minute because they work on their craft and they've got a lot of time to do that. Yeah. Some of these guys that go pro are I just like a scrap on a Saturday night and I've had a few amateur fights. 
Yeah. It's all well and good, like, but a lot of them don't train. I I personally, I'm moving up to heavyweight next, and I know, I I can already see it in my mind, I'm going to get matched up with some guy who hits the gym. He's wham. I can see it, I don't even know his name, but he'll be wham. Be massive. Oh, I hit the gym on all this kind of stuff, and I, I lift all these things. And I bench 190, I squat at least double my body weight, I'm deadlifting yeah. triple. Doesn't I mean, mean you can choke a dude, exactly. It doesn't mean you're any skilled, it doesn't mean you're fit, it doesn't mean that you're going to have you know the ability to beat me. Um, personally, I think it's hard, like that. Like going back to what you were saying about it, whether it's been a hobby or not. Um, I started this as a hobby. Um, my friend Stefan used to fight, still fights will fight again and um i'd always said to him we used to watch ufc on the weekend i used to watch it with my family and i was like i can do this i believe i could Stefan yeah. one day was like i'm sick of you talking shit sick of this i'm not gonna listen to it anymore we're going to train so we went and trained i got battered not ashamed to where, say it. where was this that you were training uh this was gladiator gym in stoke at the time um, oh, right, okay. um yeah. absolutely battered absolutely i remember it vividly i remember leaving and at the time, I was hitting the gym quite a bit, so I was doing exactly what the people was like that I've just spoken about. I'm benching 160. I'm deadlifting 220. I'm squatting 190. I'm big. I must be good at fighting because I'm super big. I'm super strong. Oh, my God, nobody could ever beat me. I've got someone that's like 60 kilo battering me, and I'm like, what's yeah. going on? I remember, I remember the first time I went and trained jiu-jitsu was like so humbling. And then I, when I really got into it, probably like a year in, I, I like I came up against a purple belt, and she was probably forty kilos, maybe fifty on like a good day of eating, and she absolutely wiped the floor with me. Yeah, and it was like jujitsu is so humbling. It doesn't matter how much you can lift. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you've had a few street fights. Like brings you down to it. How long did you train jujitsu for then? Pardon? How long did you train jujitsu for? Um. Probably did it on and off for like two, three years. You're really bad. Yeah, yeah. You're really bad. That's why I gave it in, man. But I've trained trained all over the shop. Like, I've trained with some really good Jets guys. Like, Lucio Sergio, fucking amazing. Like, an amazing grappler. Um, like, a lot of the guys over at um, All Powers, so we had Lewis on, they're like more striking sort of guys. So I was getting my head punched in there. At one point, I was training at both, so I would go in the afternoon to train jiu-jitsu, get my ass whooped in jiu-jitsu, and then I'd go and do some striking and get my ass whooped by being punched in the face. So, so yeah, it was was good times. I enjoyed yeah, it. Double whammy. Well yeah, double. I, I loved it, man. I I think it's like, like you say, it's really good for humbling. I remember, you know, the first kind of few guys that I looked at and thought, oh, I'll smash you, and then didn't, and then was like, wow, I really yeah. didn't smash you. Like, I've just... I've been battered, like battered by you, and I got run through. And I didn't know what was going on. Um, I think there's a lot of levels to it. People are very set in the ways with a lot of places they train. Like I've trained at quite a few good places. I've trained at some not so good places. You know, whether it just be popping in for one session or uh, I think like I'm quite happy where I am now. You know, I found I found a good setup that that really works for me. I'm I'm, I'm very happy. I found it. I'm I'm good about some things that went on along the way, but obviously. Um, that the SPG setup is something that I really think worked for me. Yeah, well, that that's one of the questions that I got in the question box on Instagram is what it, what's it like to train at SPG? Oh, I think, my God. I, think uh, I had one session. It's the one by uh, Pick, Piccadilly Station, in it under the. Yeah. You come out of Manchester Piccadilly and you go out yeah. the side door instead of the, the main door. 
um, go down the car park. You can walk all the way around, but that's long. Go down the car park, come out, and it's just under the train tracks. Um, what's it like to train at SPG? Awful. Yeah. Awful. I've, yeah. Never, I've never consistently gone to a place and thought, I'm not very good at what I do. Like, if I go to work, I know I'm good at my job. If I go to uh, you know, go play basketball, I'm still good at basketball. I can handle my own in American football. Every single day, I learn something new. Every single day, somebody else uses that thing that I've just learned to really punish me. Um, I remember the first session I went, and like it's, it's really vivid in my mind, the week before a fight, and I'd said to everybody, like, you know, it's time to expand from Stoke. I need to, if I want to do this, I want to push myself. It. I wasn't really training striking um, yeah. for my first kind of two years of fighting. And I said, like, if I'm if I'm going to do this, I want to run away. I want to go somewhere and uh, and go experience. Time, yeah, yeah. And I spoke to like several of my friends, and you know, some of them train at different places. One of my, one of my close friends trains down at Hammer in, in St Helens. So we we kind of put together a list of like four gyms that I was going to go and visit across the course of a week. So I messaged all these different gyms. SPG was the first one. SPG was the Tuesday morning. Yeah. So I spoke to Matt Inman, who's the the head coach down there, who I've got nothing but great things to say about. Um, and he was like, yeah, come down. Um, originally, I was going to go the week before, but he was like, come down this week because I, I'm away. I was like, cool. So I came down. Um, he paired me with somebody who assisted me through the uh, Simon, who, again, it's just been like a like an old head, like a mentor for me since, since I got there. And yeah. I remember we got through the like family. It becomes like a small family once you get to know everyone. Honestly, like I've never been, I don't, I'm, I don't feel great in terms of meeting new people. It's not something I'm, I'm great at. I never like doing it. I, I feel happily sit in the corner on my own with my headphones in, just be left alone. Um, but they all included me and I was getting battered for the first 20 minutes of the session. And then we came out of the tech and I was like, whoa, that was tech. <laughs> I was like, that's incredible. Like, let's go into rounds. I got to the end of the session um, and I remember I rang my girlfriend at the time on the, on the train home and was like, I cannot believe how incredibly hard that was. And she literally was like, are you okay? You look, you look destroyed. You look like you've been, like, ruined. I was like, I have. I've just been ruined for fucking two hours of my life. I can't believe that there is this standard out there. What if I would have come up against one of these people in the cage? Yeah. I've got to be here. That was it. I cancelled all the other me going to test out other places because I already knew. I had been to this place and I was like, this is, is the one. It. Yeah, this is the... Um, I, I always explain to, like, everybody, things in your life should be like jigsaw pieces. Because there's no point cutting cutting edges off jigsaw pieces. It doesn't make sense. Because you're still not going to get a complete picture. You can yeah. force it and try and make it fit. But that piece isn't for you. So let it go. Go and find your piece. And I remember sitting there and going, this is that. that this that is the place. Piece. Yeah, this is the place that I want to be. And the further I've got into it, you know, the community is so, so huge in SVG. You're never alone. Connections, massive members group, and you speak to everybody. You, you're welcome to go and train at other places. Like you're, you're never alone. That's that's probably my favorite thing about it. Always got rounds. What I was listening to a comedian that was saying life is like a jigsaw puzzle, and he was saying like you get your family and your hobbies and your happiness and everything, and then you try to cram a partner into the middle of this jigsaw, and it's never going to fit. Like the piece just ruins everything. <laughs> like you've always you've always been someone that. Um, I've always admired for how hard you work. Like, you, I would see you in the gym, and you just finished a shift of like twelve hours somewhere, and then you would be training jits, and then you were going to go off and lift some weights. And like, I had a question the other day of someone saying, "I don't know how to get a workout in. I'm struggling with my uni work." And then I'm like, 
if you want if you want to find space for something you will find space just do it just do it there's no there isn't like there is no struggle with uni work i went to uni and admittedly i didn't finish i went twice and didn't finish um because that's the kind of guy that i am Uh, (laughs) i worked full-time whilst i was at uni both times and the second time probably uh, the first time i left was what what, unfortunately one of my friends passed away the the second time i um I ran through it and I was working full time as I was doing it. I was still on to get a first. I was still handing in my work and getting getting first. The only issue was I wasn't attending, so they were like, "Well, I was in. I wasn't on one of the kind of courses where you can show up, do three percent attendance, and get away with it." Um, yeah, yeah, I need to be there with sports therapy. You're sitting there like, you right, need yeah, to. Yeah. like I can't, I can't because I'm at work. I'm li- I'm physically not here, but I can hand you in the work and I can give you a first. And I'm like, yeah, but your grades don't matter. And I'm like, that is the most redundant thing I've ever heard. How can you tell me? I'm I'm going to uni in September, and a lot of what I've been looking for, I don't really, I do care, but I, I'm not really fussed about passing it per se. I'm bothered about what I'm going to go and learn. Like that is a big part of like uni, like going and getting that experience. And I get like there's a lot of, especially in my field, there's a lot of practitioners that have got the the book smarts, but don't necessarily have the the physical. Yeah. So it it is a tough one, isn't it? Really, with like what you're saying, but you need a lot of what you take out of it, though. Because when I when yeah. I went, you know, there was there was I, I studied physiotherapy first and then sports therapy the second time. There was a lot of things that I'd taken from physiotherapy that the sports therapists didn't know. Equally, yeah. there's so much intensive sports stuff. That, you know, I, I was I was in my mind I was playing catch up all the time. So I spent a lot of my spare time reading, like. If you invest yourself into it, there's nothing you can't do in terms of uni. But then you've got that knowledge now, and no one can take that away from you. No, I said. Do you know what? I've still got the books. Like I've got a bookcase over here. I've still got the books. I'll still read if ever I injured myself. Like I hurt my knee a few weeks ago, and I remember I'd been to see a sports therapist. He was like, "Yeah, you got small tear in your LCL. Um, do you want me to give you a rehab plan?" I was like, "Don't worry about it. I can take care of it." Yeah. Came home, sat, read my book, and was like, "Okay, this is how we're going to do it. That's how we're going to deal with the problem." Fine. Now my knee's good. It's all right, then, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm living that dream. But thirty-six grand well spent. <laughs> exactly. But if you're if you're struggling to get a workout in, it's probably your time management. Realistically, like time management's a, a massive thing for people. Uh, and I think if you if you like plot your day out and you were to sit there and write it down, you'd be like, "Okay, so I wake up at eight a.m." And then I go to uni at nine, and then I do uni all day until five, and then I go home and I have some food, which takes me until seven. Because that's realistic. Because now we're not doing those unrealistic time frames where you're like, yeah, I'll get home at, at bang on five o'clock and I'll cook till five thirty. It's just not realistic. Yeah. So you cook, which takes you till six. You eat and you relax. That takes you till seven. Well, now I want to do some relaxing stuff because I'm still not relaxed from a long day, and that's absolutely fine. So we'll go to I don't know, watch a film. And that takes me to nine, half bed, ten o'clock, I'm up at eight again the next day. Yeah, that's cool. You just spent ten hours in bed. I'm not saying that you can't sleep and you can't rest, because you absolutely yeah. do need to sleep and rest. Yeah. However, you can you wake up at six? Can you yeah. stay up at eleven? You've just you've just increased your day exponentially. Like Eric Thomas used to I used to listen to it when I was a kid and he used to be on about like when you want to succeed is about you want to breathe. And he used to say how he used to sleep yeah. two, three hours at night. And I'm like, that is massively, I don't care what he says. Like, I know he takes a nap in the day. I know he takes a nap in the day. But trust me, when you say to me tomorrow, if I get the phone call tomorrow, right, obviously I'm not going to with the ongoing situation, but um, if I get the call tomorrow, right, you're fighting in six weeks. Okay, no problem. 
So that means I've got to be at SPG every single morning that I'm not at work at 9am. So I'll be there. I don't come home until 10pm. That's like it, it, 13 hours that I'm spending in Manchester. On that, I'm going to do a morning session. I'm going to chill out for a little while, have some food. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to chill out for a little while. I'm going to go do another session and I'm going to come home. That's the way it should. If you start planning your day out around the things that you want to get done, it's not hard. Yeah, prioritize. And something you said there was write it down. That's a big, that's a big thing for me. And a lot, of, I recommend that to people that ask me for advice is start writing stuff down. Like if you write something down, there's more chance you're going to do it because you. There's like I have a whiteboard and I write everything down. And we were discussing this last time. And the, just the enjoyment of being able to tick something off that you've done throughout the day just keeps you going through it because you know you've done it. I've got um I've got a door in my bedroom. I won't show anyone the door. That's okay. anyone that's been in my bedroom will know what the door looks like. I've got a door that's got my goals written on it. Okay. The, at the top of the door, goals, massive letters. Um, it started off two two years ago. Um, okay. it's got like all dates on of everything that I was going to do on the the specifics of what it was going to be. You know, I openly openly discuss it with anyone. It didn't meet a lot of the goals, but the overall is still working out towards where I want it to go. There's, there's three really weird goals between 2020 and 2022 that because of the ongoing situation and now looking a little less attainable and because of decisions I've made in my life are looking less attainable. doesn't change things. There is a goal on there for 2022, 2021, 2022, that I'm pretty adamant that I'll make. And then once I've made those that goal, I'll be going for the next one and the next ones. I, I think like that for me is something that I can aim towards and work towards and, and really kind of, I don't like the term graft. Like I find it like a really weird term. Like those are <laughs> those are my my things that I sit there and go, okay. When I wake up in the morning, doors right in front of me. I wake up and I'm like, oh my god, goals. I got to get up, and that's the reason we're getting up and we're doing this today. Especially like, during this lockdown, because I'll be honest, like I would struggle with motivation to even get out of bed. Because what are you getting out of bed for? To go sit in your living room? Well, I'm going to get dressed up today because I might go and sit in the conservatory. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, it's, it is a weird situation, but I think people take what they will from it. Like, if you look at a month ago, some people would have cut their arm off for a month of not being able to work just to be able to, like, work on studying or going away and reading something or just being able to pursue something other than the current job. And now it's here. People are like, this is terrible. I hate it. I can't see my friends or go for a beer. Yeah. You didn't see them anyway. You didn't see them anyway, sure. Like... Yeah. My thing is, I, I came through a really rough patch over Christmas. Um, I was suffering with a, a little bit of depression, so I've been like holed up in my room anyway. I spent yeah. like like four weeks not coming out. The other thing I used to come out for was work, and even that was was touch and go. And I didn't come out of my room for anything else. Like, are you coming to train? No. Why? I, I don't know. I can't tell you why, but I don't feel great. Okay. So I didn't. I didn't train. I didn't do anything. Probably two in a bit, maybe three months. Maybe this went on. One day I woke up and was like, I'm going out. I'm doing it. That's it. Yeah. I, I sit there and I'm like, this isn't punishment for me. This is me being in tune with myself and, you know, really. I thought, it's a chance to connect with things that you missed out on, connect with your family, you know, can really get back in touch with yourself, do the things like you said, like read and learn something new. Yeah, it's, you know what, it's an awful situation. It is it, it, a horrible situation that's going on at the minute, but. Like you've got to take the good from these things. So yeah. I'm sitting there like everybody else is going to do crazy. Like I can't look at these four walls anymore. I'm like, I've just looked at these four walls. Yeah, I'm that's what I do anyway. Yeah. Be here. This is fine for me. So 
for me, I'm just, you know, I'm doing my, I'm doing my home workouts as best as possible. But, you know, it, it's not really a problem. I can see why it'd be an issue for some people, but I'm just like... I think, cool. a lot, I think a lot of people struggle with sitting in their own head. Like, they're not comfortable just being by themselves. And because yeah. they're always running away from it, and they don't have that chance to understand who they actually are. Now they're sat in the room in their own head. It's like sending them mental. Just no, just deal with it. Like yeah. so, my logic on it all is that you're here anyway. Okay, so at the end of the day, I go to bed with me. Yeah. You start the next day, I wake up with me. I spend a lot of time in here because you know whether it's traveling to to training. Um, you know, obviously I, I live in Stoke, so it's about fifty miles from Manchester. Like whether it's traveling to training or whether it's travel to work or even for, for my particular job, I sit at a desk for a lot of the night. So there isn't a lot that I, that I do. I spend a lot of time in here and I think it's important because peace is something that starts with me. So when I was working on finding my peace and finding feeling better about myself, um, to this day, I still couldn't tell you what, what got me upset as such. But, you know, when I was working on being better in myself, it was all about peace and finding that like kind of inner peace, channeling it and feeling better. Yeah. The more time I spend in here, the better I feel. Because I'm understanding the things that go on. There's probably a lot of unresolved issues for people in their life. And that's not a bad thing. That's totally normal. It's, it's fine to be like that. Yeah. But you've got to deal with them at some point. So why not use this time to sit there and go, let's deal with it. Like, I, if I was somebody, I would be using this time to get rid of the bad relationships in my life. I would be using this time to better myself. To deal with the unresolved issues that I've not really thought of for a long time. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I've got a different outlook than other people. Oh yeah, that that's exactly how I feel, and I think there's a lot of people that um, struggle with it because, like, they spend all day running around, doing whatever it might be, like you're saying, going training, and then when they get home, they're on their own in the head in the bed, and they can't deal with it. But it's just it, so I find a lot of people put put things in boxes, like a we'll put it here, and I don't need to deal with it right now. But at some point, I'll, I'll come back to it and I will deal with this. And then the reason they get, they find all these issues is when they go into that little room that is their mind, there's so many boxes and it's all so full. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this is like, a, it's like having a garage and it's just full of boxes. You're like, well, where do I start? For me, it's different. I don't feel like there's one room in my mind. There's a lot of rooms, a lot of rooms, probably couldn't count them all. Like a, like a, like a catacomb. Yeah. Each of these rooms has my one particular issue that I had at that time in it. You know, at some point I threw that box in. So now when it's like, okay, that I, you know, I need to sit in my room and find out what's going on with me. We just take it one room at a time, one box at a time. And it's not daunting because when I look inside this, this room of all these bad things that are going on, there's just, one, there's just one box. I don't have to look at this massive garage going, there's 4,000 boxes that I've not dealt with. This is the one box. So we'll just deal with one for now and then tomorrow go to a different room and we'll deal with that. If people just start chipping away at it, they'll, I mean, this is a good time to start resolving those mental issues. 100%. Well, they've not got anything else to do, really. Nowhere else. Exactly. Um, one of the questions, one of the, the funny questions, and I want to know the answer to this. Oh, God. Come from our mutual friend. We shall not name him. I think we both know who it is. And he's, and he's asked me, why are you banned from the carvery at China Gardens? <laughs> so we need an answer 
I really appreciate the people that are asking these questions, I'll be honest. Uh, I'd like that person to know that I don't appreciate him. I'll probably... I might text him now. Do you know what's funny? He came up on my on my memories um, the other day. Anyway, um, so I'm banned from the China Gardens Carvery because I have this really, really bad... I don't like bad service. Okay. I worked in hospitality since I was 17. I was a manager in it for a very, very long time. So whether it's bars or restaurants, bad service really gets it. With a carvery, there is really no excuse for bad service because you have no job to do. You yeah. don't even deliver me my food. I'll go and get it myself. All you got to do is clear it away. Yeah. So I remember one particular day I went with this person and I'd said to them previously, look, I walked out the last time I came here with my ex-girlfriend because they didn't come and clear my plates and give me the bill after asking four times. Right. Okay, that's fair enough. I don't like that. I don't like that. So no. we went... We had a carvery. It was nice. It's ace. I asked for dessert menus. So that's what I do. Yeah, yeah, I'll grab them for you. Ten minutes later, we've still not cleared my plates, and I see no dessert menu. So I bring somebody to my attention, because I can see that the servers have changed shift. So I bring it to somebody's attention, like, not too concerned about the dessert menu now. Do you mind just grabbing me the bill? Yeah, yeah, no worries. I'll do it. I'll do it in a second. Now, I know for a fact, based on what this person was wearing, that they were a manager. So I was like, cool. My bill's about to come. My bill did not come. <laughs> oh dear oh dear indeed so this caused some issues for me now having thought about it at great length I did say to myself do I continue and do I wait and do I go up and approach this and pay the bill or do I walk out and just call it a day and, and just accept it and you know being the adult that I am because I understand this you know the service industry I've worked in it for enough years yeah. I understand how walkouts can busy. yeah I mean it really wasn't busy I'm talking, I can count on one hand the amount of other people that were in there. Okay. It, it was just a shift change time. But, but, you know, being the adult that I am and understanding how, you know, these things affect the service industry, I did what any self-respecting person would do, and that was get the fuck up and walk out. Okay. So um, I tried to go back there, and they were like, you've walked out on several bills. And I was like, you make a very valid point. <laughs> and they were like, are you, are you going to pay for these? I was like, no. Like, well, you bought. I was like, okay, that's that's you know what? I totally agree with them. I'd bar me as well. Okay, fair enough. What so, the person in question that's asking this question, how did he respond to the whole situation? He, he, he egged it on, yeah. Let's go, let's go. He also, right, this is the kind of bad person that he is. Okay, so there was a year in my life when I was a vegetarian, okay. one singular year. I woke up one day and said, mm, I'm gonna be a vegetarian for the next year, and I did it successfully. Okay. I saw him no more than a month in. He said to me, let's go and get some food. I said, perfect. Where would you like to go? He goes, Nando's. <laughs> that's, that's a good choice. Nando's is nice. I said, you know I'm doing this whole vegetarian thing. Yeah, yeah no worries. We'll, still, we'll go Nando's. I was like, oh, I, I assume he's joking, so it's not a problem. Um, I'll come to your house, meet you. We'll drive over. Okay. Comes over, jumps in the car. Right, where are we going food? Nando's. I'm, I'm vegetarian. Yeah, but you can have Nando's. A garlic bread with with chips on. The, do you know what they actually do? Um, what was it? Uh, mushroom halloumi potato. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah. I was not happy about the whole process, but um, yeah. You know, with friends like these. Don't need enemies, mate. Absolutely not. I can well, tell you some stories about that young man. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know if I want to know or not. Probably, I, probably I think for the purposes of this, it's not it's not the best idea. Not fit for uh, airing. 
So what's going? Explain the hair situation to me. You, you love dyeing your hair, changing your hair. We've just been on about this. Yeah. I, I don't really know. I woke up one day and was like, I, I've always been adventurous with my hair. Like I don't really. I've got Afro hair, so a lot of the time you don't see people with Afro hair that's coloured. Anyway, okay. I woke up one day and was like, I'm going to dye my hair. I think this is a really good idea. <laughs> and everybody else had that reaction. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna dye it pink, and everybody laughed. No, you're not. You're just being weird again. I was like, no, like I'm gonna dye it pink tomorrow. So this was, this was on a Sunday night at work. This is probably no later than one eleven p.m. something like that. Okay. So like, you know, roll into Monday morning. Yeah, I'm gonna dye it. They're like, well, you're not, are you? Yeah. Yeah. So, don't egg me on. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, like I'd already made the decision at this stage, so I left work. Went and bought the bleach, went and bought the dye. Um, dyed my hair pink. It does actually need to be dying at the moment. But I don't know. It's it's something different. You know, I quite... I don't think there's... I feel like a lot of people are trying to be someone they're not. I'm quite comfortable in being whoever I am. Yeah. That means I want to dye my hair pink. That's cool. That doesn't... Trademark for MMA. I don't care about the trademark. Probably no. like Dada 5000 than anything, but... Yeah. I, I don't care about... Like, I could care less about the trademark. Like, I... Would I love to fight for the rest of my life? Yeah, but like, I wouldn't want to be that fighter that's known for my hair. I don't, I don't care about that. I'm just comfortable being who I am. And I feel like a lot of people are too, you know, they're too worried about what everybody else is going to say to, to ever do something like that. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you want to dye your hair pink, dye your hair pink. You know what I mean? Do fun, do fun stuff. Tell your friends you love them. Do whatever you want. If you want to go and, like, ride bikes with your friends, then go and ride bikes with your friends. Like, do the things that you're going to enjoy and that you're going to be happy doing. Because... Ultimately, the only person that's around after it all is you. Yeah, I was discussed. There's a, there's a guy that I not work with, but he's one of my friends, and I, I give him a lot of advice. He's he's quite he's got quite a big social media following and a social media page, and he he started posting stuff, and I could tell it it was lacking passion. There was no like, he was just kind of doing it because he had the channel, because he had those people watching him. And I was saying to him yesterday, he put out a video that I could tell had passion in it and he was enjoying it. And I was like, this is really good. This is amazing. And he was like, yeah, but I don't know how people are going to respond. It's like, it doesn't matter how people respond. People can tell when you've got passion in it. If you keep putting out what you've been putting out, people just aren't going to watch your stuff anymore. Exactly. It's been like a, a three or four month thing. And now he's, he's probably, social media is a lot. Uh, probably, as you know, probably three and four posts don't pop. You, you're waiting for that one in four that does well, and you just it's constantly on that cycle. Probably four of the five things that he's posted recently have been amazing. Like, they've all gone well. They've all got interactions to look at are amazing. And it's because he's now doing something that he enjoys doing. He's putting out more of the content that he enjoys rather than just doing it for the sake of it. See, I, like, deleted my entire social media. Yeah, I noticed the other day. Yeah, like, because it, it's just not that deep, is it? Like, it's, it's not that deep. Like, I don't care how many likes and followers and interactions you have. Like, if you if, if you want to get in touch with me, you'll get in touch with me. Uh, there was a point where I turned off, I deleted all my apps, turned off all the notifications on email, so I couldn't, like, no one was going to get in touch with me. Oh, my God, was my phone dry. Yeah, like, I, you've never understood the Sahara Desert like that, but it was amazing. It was you, those people that 
do interact with you, you then know where the real loyalty is, those that are actually your friends, those that exactly. get in touch with you. And no one was getting, no one was like, oh, are you doing this? Can you do this for me? And people were just like, hi, you okay? Drop me a text. I didn't even know what. So it was like, drop me a text. How are you? How's your day been? And I'm like, this is amazing. This is exactly what I want from it. I think social media is really important if you're trying to build a profile and you're trying to do certain things. However, do the things that you do really well and passionately and it'll build itself. Yeah. So like, my logic is like now, I might, I might post something about COVID-19, but I'm, I'm not really bothered about the things that I post and the things that I put up there because yeah. everybody knows like when I put something up, it's because I wanted to and because I mean, I'm not trying to impress anybody. I don't need to show you I'm doing X, Y, and Z things for you to know that I'm doing them. I'm just doing them. It's, yeah. I, haven't got the, I haven't got the mental energy anymore to post and be like, yes, I'm training because I've posted that I'm training. I'm just training because I like training. Yeah, because you want to go, and that was that's the main thing that I was saying to him. Like, it, it's it's not him; it's a brand. So it was, it was more getting him to do what he enjoys because that's gonna that's gonna get him engagement with the right sort of people. Yeah, like I, for me, I, I enjoy two things to to a great length. I would say, I enjoy fighting, and as sad as this might seem, I enjoy playing RuneScape. And I know RPG, don't care if anybody knows it, like I'm not going to do like those YouTube adverts and be like, play Raid Shadow Legends now. But, you know, if anybody does play RuneScape, feel free, hit me up after this. <laughs> I play RuneScape like all day, every day, 24-7. That's like when, just before this call, I literally logged out on my account. I've been playing since I finished work at 7am. That's what I do. Because that's what I enjoy doing. Like I haven't been asleep, I just played RuneScape for a little while. When we get off this call... I'll probably go and play RuneScape for a little bit. <laughs> do you know what you're doing? Like, I don't care if I... I could post all my RuneScape stats on my social media. I wouldn't really care. I don't care what anybody thinks about it because I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me. Yeah. It's not about... It, the, if you're doing the things that you care about, then the people you engage with will be, like, organic. Yeah, you you know, you, your sister and your mom and, and your nan's auntie's going to gonna like the post because they're going to the family. <laughs> yeah. And your close friends are going to like your post, the family. Everybody else that engages with you should be engaging because it's organic. Yeah. Don't like my post because you think I'm an attractive human being. That might be the case. That's not why you're meant to that's be here. A lot of Instagram. That that's ninety percent of what Instagram is. Exactly, but that's not a punchline. That's just facts. Like there's no need to do that. I will not like your post because you're attractive. Do you know why I like your post? Because I like your post. Like I I follow probably a lot of um, like female weightlifters. But like not even like CrossFit ones, like weightlifters and like yeah. powerlift. Why? I think that shit's cool. I follow a lot of guys. I think that shit's cool. Yeah. I'm not, not going to like your post because you went out on the session again for the 94th week in a row. I don't care that you hit the club on Saturday. Yeah. What time did you get to the gym Monday? Are yeah. you logging onto RuneScape tonight? <laughs> the things that I am invested in. So like yeah. my news feed is literally RuneScape and gym. And MMA because those are the things that like organically I'm interested in. Yeah. So if I ever have a growth like a uh, you know an increase in my following, I would hope it's because it's organic, not because I'm posting the things that I think people want to see. Well, it's definitely not because you're attractive. We can we can we can put it down to that. It's definitely got to be what you're doing. So I mean, it's it's all around winning, I suppose. It's a bit. I don't really know how to take that. <laughs> 
I mean, obviously, when this whole lockdown thing's over, if you ever want to grapple, more than welcome to drop me. I'll whoop your ass again. No worries. I actually quite miss miss beating you up. I think like the I think we have a different way of remembering this because I just remember a lot of footlocks and sweeps. Yeah, me full locking you after I've sweeped you. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just dreaming. Maybe I'm just dreaming. What's happened is there's been some trauma in your life, and what you've done is you've put it in a box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Taken said box and put it in a deep dark corner of your mind, and then put a load of other boxes around it. Now you're struggling to find said box. Maybe it's because like I was choked out that many times. I've just forgotten. There's lack of lack of blood in my brain at that point. It's weird because at the place where we were training, like I can't remember ever really using chokes. Like I just remember using footlocks and not even being very good with them. And yeah. like, do you know what? I'm massively grateful for the for the the footing they gave me. If I'm honest, like, um, I yeah, I don't think like obviously I don't really know why too much. Um, but my relationship got soured there, which is. Okay. regrettable because I definitely would have like popped back in time to time like my only goal was seeking um kind of seeking to be better in terms of yeah. element. And that, that was you know no knock to anybody there like it's good level good level especially like round here like it's probably one of the best levels here oh, um, yeah. like, the only place that I still go to like I'm I probably go like once every three months but like it's a cool gym, nice guys. Um, I, I I kind of dropped off as you left, so we were kind of like the same sort of time, kind of left. Um, but yeah, if if I'm doing it, I will go there. That's the only place in Stoke that I go to. Um, I tend to go to other places in Stoke now, um, or like Winsford slash Crew kind of way. Yeah. Um, Do yeah, like a, that's that's what I pop over to. So I know he, I haven't been down to his new place in Crew. I still need to pop over to there. It's um, where I have to work. Oh, is it? Yeah, I, I actually set that up. Like, My God, with Andy and uh, got him in the gym because I'm. I got a lot of love for Andy. Like, I got a lot of love for him, especially with him being a big guy. Um, yeah. He's always like, always offering me hard rolls. I remember like we used to roll on like a Monday lunchtime. Yeah, uh, and it was like the most uncomfortable thing ever because I had to go back to work after where I'd start work at like two. And there was like no love lost at all, like no. just straight battering me. And I'm like, yeah, hey. Jitsu is just like being nasty. Like I, that's who I first started Jits with, and he doesn't do knee on belly. He does knee on face. Yeah, I used to do knee on my face to control my body. Yeah, like as a white belt. Bearing in mind, he's probably a hundred kilo plus. He's a brown belt now, but he would have been a purple belt at the time. All of his weight going through his knee into my face. Yeah. He still does that to me when I see him. I yeah. mean, it's a different. I've got some some ways out of things, and things have got slightly better. So I'd like to think I'm getting a bit closer to even. But uh, but he's no, a lovely guy, great guy. So much love for him, and like he always always looks out for me when I come down. Yeah. Um, just for me, like like I say, like I obviously at Bedlam in terms of where we both started, like it's regrettable that things got kind of soured there. Because yeah. yeah, I mean, if if you guys are watching. Appreciate. Um, it is regrettable. It kind of got sour there because everybody was everybody was nice. It's just, yeah. you know, it's unfortunately one of those things. In it, I think what he did. Yeah, when, when but but when you're stepping up to that level, you need bodies that are the same as you. You need guys that are doing striking. You need guys that are doing MMA, and it and it doesn't always fit with local gyms that are doing just jujitsu. 
And that was the struggle that I had when I started trying to do a bit more MMA. Is like it's difficult to find bodies that do a bit of everything. You yeah. end up sparring with the same guy day in, day out, and there's no growth because you both just kind of stay where you are. You've got to go and find a body that is, or more bodies to spar with that are better than you. Like we talk a lot on the podcast with guests and with each other. The people that you run with are gonna are the result of where you're gonna be. Like if you run with people that run hundred meters in forty seconds, you're not gonna get any faster. No. If you're running against guys that are breaking world records, you're probably gonna be trying to chase them and probably gonna beat your own record. You might not beat their record, but you're certainly gonna get better at what you're doing. It's a it's just it's the concept of C, uh, CPD in it, like continuous professional development. Like you can apply that to all aspects of your life. And so for me, when I look at the things that I'm doing in terms of in terms of the sport, I'm trying to continuously develop. So I went to somewhere that you know was making me more well-rounded. I, I'm the first to say my striking was woeful, but it's still not amazing. But it's better than it was. Yeah. And you know I keep chipping away at these things because I want to be more well-rounded and, and you know develop. There's, there's guys in my gym, like, you know, obviously we've got Jack Cartwright down there, who's Cage Warriors Bantamweight World Champ at the moment. George Smith, he will be the, the middleweight champ in Cage Warriors before the end of this year. Like, coronavirus or not, he'll be the middleweight champ before the end of this year. Like, like I, I say that so confidently because I have to spend my time dealing with him all the time. Yeah. The amount of beatdowns I take off the guy, I feel bad when, when I see him face, face, I saw him... <laughs> It's really weird, right? So I went to Cage Warriors. I fought on the Academy show before um, one of their events in February or March last year, I think it was. And I watched the guy cut weight, and he was struggling cut weight, and so was I. So he's in the sauna, and we were chatting away. Kind of was what it was. Never thought anything of it, and the guy goes out and fights the next night. Followed him on Instagram, so I was like, cool. He signs to fight George, and all I could think is, oh my God, I feel so sorry for you. Because... You're not going to have an easy night. There's no easy way around dealing with the guy. Yeah, he's so well rounded. You know, he's like a judo black who was on Team GB for that. Yeah. So he, high level grappler. You know, purple belt and jits. Quite clearly, is a brown belt. Yeah, but like, one of them. He's one of them where you're good. There's no way you can escape. There's no way you're going to have a good time. And I remember looking at it and going, "You're going to take this person and absolutely steamroll them." And he did. Yeah. And you know, credit to him. He's good. I'm pushing most faithful. Like, pop, bring me back this podcast next year. I don't care. Bring me back on January 1st and then go right. So it's January 1st, 2021. George Smith is Cage Warriors middleweight champ. What the hell? Like, that's the kind of level that he's at. All right. He's, I, honestly, I, if, I, if I genuinely thought the gambling site um, would, would allow me to place that bet, I'd be putting easily 100, 150, maybe two grand on it. Okay. Yeah, that, escalated. that escalated loads then. Like, yeah, £2,000. You shouldn't 2, gamble. I, don't, I actually don't gamble anymore. I'm, so I don't, I don't go near it. I used to. I used to do quite a bit. Now, like, I have a limit that I allow myself each month. Um, and once I've re- like, met my own mental limit, then we, we don't go any further than that. My limit's yeah. up, like 20, 20. Really? Um, Okay. The only thing that I gambled on was McGregor versus Alvarez, and I said he's gonna fucking he's gonna beat the shit out of him. McGregor is gonna punch the face off him, and everyone's like, "Nah, Alvarez is gonna win." He, he's ne- McGregor's never wrestled like ne- McGregor's never fought anyone that's a good wrestler. I was like, "Nah, he's gonna beat him up." 
put put 20 quid on it and I got like really good odds on it. I think I got quite a fair bit of money back on it. I, I find, it, it, for a start, MMA math doesn't work. Like most of the things I do bet on is like UFC nine times out of ten because I'm always just like, yeah, I'll stick, I'll stick a fiver on here. I'm probably going to watch it whilst I'm at work anyway. Yeah. Um, MMA math really does not work. So a lot of people, a lot of people struggle with that. I mean, in terms of McGregor, obviously the only he'd face wrestlers at that stage. He'd face Chad Mendes, and if. I think it's a hard matchup for anyone, realistically, due to because his striking is pretty solid. If you can do what Khabib did to him, you, you can't run away. Like it's it's not wrestling that's going to do it; it's grappling as a whole. Yeah, you've got to take him out of his game. Unfortunately, if you're happy to go play the striking game with him, then you know you, you've got to take that risk. But it's not not something I'd personally do. It'd be interesting to see what happens after Tony Khabib if it still comes off though. But I've just I had a message earlier. Been waiting for that fight for years. That that's the thing. This is what time number five now. I had a message earlier, like you know, a little notification that's popped up like newsfeed ones, yeah. saying that um, because Khabib's in Russia, it might not be happening because Tony can't get out of the country. Well, I don't see how they're going to do it anyway. They're going to do it behind closed doors. Yeah, they'll do what one. Cha- I don't know if you've seen, but like one championship have done like their last two events. I think it was behind closed doors. Yeah, so weird. So I saw, weird. I saw uh, WWE. They did that behind closed doors in a huge arena. And it's just like them trash talking each other and just chatting shit. And there's like literally nobody around. So weird. Like, I, I, the closed arena stuff, like, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, it is cool. It's cool that sport for a, a period of time was bigger than this this pandemic. Yeah. But everything like works for me. Like, I, I, I don't really think I could fight the same. Like, I can't imagine walking without, out... Without the audience? Yeah, like, you know, I, w- when I get in there, it is very much just me. It's very much just me. But I do the same things every time I fight. Like, the same things. I walk out oh, to ritual. pretty much the same the same music. Okay. I, I walk in, I get in the cage, you know, I, I have my little walk around, do, make my little circle around myself, have my little moment of, like, quiet clarity, and then... Everything kind of goes black. The case door shuts. It's just me and this other guy. Then when it's done, the first thing that's on my mind, as soon as it's over, win, lose, or draw, get out of this cage and go say hi to your mum. Okay. Like, get out of this cage right now and go say hi to mum. Tell her you're okay. Yeah. Every single time. Don't care. I've been knocked out before. I've tapped. I've done, I've done it to people. I get out of the cage and the first person I run over to, I'm not going to my medical. I'm not going upstairs. I'm not going to the back. I'm going to my mum and telling her that I'm fine because she needs to know. I remember the first time she was super worried about me fighting. Yeah. And, like, she shouldn't have to feel that way. So, like, I run straight over mom. Come let you know I'm fine. going to get sorted. Cinnamon. Yeah, cool. That's fine. That's done. I don't know how I would be the same not being able to do that. Okay. That's... A, and, you know, obviously the atmosphere is different, isn't it? I can't imagine it being warm inside an arena where there's no people. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. You, you, as much as that's like a small thing, temperature change is massive. Like I used to play American football. If I went out in the cold, it was very, very different to me playing in the warm. Same with basketball. I played in like hot stadiums where I sat there and thought it's so warm in here. I'm sweating so much. I'm dying. This is this is awful. Whereas I played in cold stadiums where I'm like, this is ace. I'm cold. I feel good. I feel fresh. Let's go. And I can't imagine it being warm inside an empty arena and then 
you know, like I say, the biggest thing for me is not being able to get out and go mom will fine. Yeah. The MMA is a, is a weird sport because no matter how many people I talk to, the guys that fight, they're all like, like you said, it either goes black or I'm not really aware of where I am. I don't really think about it. Whereas other sports like football, American football, as you say, rugby, like the guys have got to be switched on for 90 minutes. And, it, and it's really an interesting sport because you have to then go away and train so that stuff is mentally programmed so that come fight day, you've not really got to think about it. Yeah, because it's just a hierarchy of competency. Like, it's super simple. Like, it's it's just a hierarchy of competency. But if once you've understood that, that hierarchy, you can understand why some sports don't require you to be at that kind of level. I can't remember the exact names of all, all of them. But like, when you've got your, your unconscious incompetence, you don't know that you're not good at something. Then you've got your, conscience, uh, your conscious incompetence, where you are aware that you're not very good at something. Then you get your conscious competence where I'm, I know how to do this, but I have to think to do it. Yeah. Then you have your unconscious competence where it's autonomous and you just do it. So yeah. for most sports, you can sit in this third year because I just got to think about it. Got to think about it. I can do it. And that I would probably liken to um, if you're playing rugby, for example, somebody kicking, um, kicking the extra point, extra two points. Conversion. That's the term. That's the one. <laughs> got it. So... Somebody kicking the conversion. Yeah. I remember Johnny Wilkinson used to be that. Can he do it without this? Don't know. Maybe. Probably. But, it's ritual. but this is, but is it a ritual or is it conscious competence? I know I'm good at this and this is how I'm good at this. Yeah. If it was autonomous, you'd just go, yeah, sound done. And that's where I think like a lot of sports, football, you've got to be switched on for quite a long period of time. Yeah. But you only really need to be switched on when you're on the ball. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of time where you're not actually you're in the sport, but you're not actually doing the thing that you that you're doing. Exactly. So you can drift around, and do nothing. Then when it comes time, got to click on conscious competence. I've had to think about the fact that I'm clicking on and going. Yeah. If it was unconscious competence, you'd just be ready at all times. Like my basketball coach used to say to me, "You got to if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready." And that literally, to me, when I looked at the theory, like the hierarchy, that the theory isn't behind it, that is that hierarchy of competence, yeah. unconscious competence, because at all times I'm ready to go. It's a, it, it, if I go out to, like if I go, go in the cage now, yeah, of course I'm switched on, but I'm not going to go, oh my God, he's attacking my neck with a guillotine. What is the escape to this? This is the escape I need to do. Now I'm going to execute the escape. Yeah. Shit, guillotine. Yeah. <laughs> nine, nine. Yeah, because the, the difference is, like, I'm going to, like, in a drastic sense, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to die. That's essentially. Yeah. Like, I, you go, go and play football, go and play rugby, hockey, I don't care what you play. You're not going to die. I, I'm going to die. Like, there's... It, the, if the, 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 step in, it, it is at the point where... You're gonna do, you're gonna be murdered. Yeah, like, exactly. and it wasn't a sport. It is a fight to the death, essentially. Exactly. So my brain's like, yo, we gotta be switched on because I'm gonna die. I don't want to die. That's not particularly something I'm game for. Like I look at the stuff that I was up for today. Death wasn't one of them. So death, I'm gonna have to just death wasn't on the door. No, like I, the Grim Reaper's knocking. I'm like, not today, my mate. Sorry. Thank you. Like, 
I think if you think of it like that, like for me, the hierarchy of competence always pretty been clear on that. Like you got to get to that unconscious competence kind of level, so you're just doing it without thinking. That's why Jiu-Jitsu is a mad one. Not, not really read much into it, or I've not really seen it or heard of it before. But it's an interesting, very interesting concept, and it makes a lot of sense. You're welcome. Thank you. There's um, our look. <laughs> those, those degrees. See all this knowledge that you've learned is coming right. in. Right. You know what's weird, right? So those that that knowledge is totally unrelated to my degree. And so, okay. so most of the knowledge that I have doesn't <laughs> even didn't even pay for. No, like I just. One day I was like, oh, this looks really cool. I'm going to look at it. It's, it's kind of what I'm like. Like, I see something that I like and I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. I'm going to look into that. It's not like, I don't just stop. Like, some people might just stop. Yeah. I'm very like, if I'm interested in something, I'm going to read it. And it just happens to be that everything I'm interested in relates to my job and my career. Yeah. Like, I, I, do you know what I wish everything did for me? Um, obviously, my career, in terms of that, like, the only thing that interests me is sport. So it does help that I'm very interested in sport because yeah. I can kind of, without saying what I do, um, I can like I can kind of understand sports to a level where I can explain anything that might go on. Okay. So like, for me, I don't know. I just I, sometimes I sit there and I'm like, I, I would really like knowledge on this subject. Like, I don't know. It could be brain surgery. Yeah. Absolutely nothing about the concept of brain surgery. Yeah interests me but one day it might, and then i'll go and learn everything about it i've seen a human brain i've held one it's very weird concepts like they're not nearly as great as you expect they would be it's more brown yeah it was and it was i don't know like you look at it and you just go i can't believe this powers the whole body i can't believe this is what this is what makes things go and muscles aren't nearly as red as, as red as people make out just so you know where i don't where have you been holding brains Weird, right? Yeah, really when weird. I, when I studied at university, um, they had an anatomy suite for physiotherapy. Right, okay. Yeah. The beautiful thing about anatomy suite is um, the the anatomy students dissect the bodies for you. So then you get to go view what's called the prosections. So prosections are, are, are pre-dissected body parts. So you can get a, understand, a better understanding of how the body works. For example, yeah, it makes they're, they're, they're brown, like muscles are brown. Tendons are a slightly less colour brown. It's yeah. not not red and white as people make out in these textbooks. So it's a lot harder to differentiate it, 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 than people would understand. The way the quads are laid, obviously, you'll know the four muscles like from more on, onwards and upwards like that. It's it doesn't look nearly as clearly laid as as you believe it to be. Vastus yeah. intermedialis not as prominent on its own as people make out that it is. It really isn't. Fair enough. Hopefully, when I go to uni, this is the sort of stuff that I'll get to see. Hey, if not, then, you know, I can probably source your body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll grab my next opponent for you. Yeah, just just let me know who Jack Cartwright fights next. We'll just... Do you know what, right? I actually feel really bad for the last guy he fought. I can't remember the guy's name, but I was there, and I watched him knock him down, like, four times in the first round, walk off and get up, and I was like, this is the most, the worst situation you could be in. As a kid, it's like a train. Yeah. And you've got to keep standing up and getting it by him again. I was surprised when I watched some of his highlights. Like he, he doesn't look like he could. No disrespect to him, he doesn't. He's not like he's not like a thick set guy like you. But my God, when he punch when he punches dudes, they just fold up. It's mad. I mean, he is a bantam, so it's understandable that he's not thick set like me. 
Um, but nah, honestly, mate, he's a he's a beast. He's he's a. I feel genuinely bad for anyone that has to fight him. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's not fair to him. Because they, they don't expect that he's going to have those kind of hand, like that kind of heavy machinery in him. He's got bombs. Like those are weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. Should you manage to escape those hands, or, or decide that you're going to wrestle him, you're in for an even worse fate because his grappling is off the charts. Like, there was no good way for you to go for, for you to go about this. Like there's no good way for it. I feel really honestly. Oh god, I can't I can't tell you how bad I feel for people. Those are like interesting fights when someone like that fights someone that's more of an evade and quick striker. Like my favourite fight of all time is um Dillashaw versus Brow, the first one. Like that's an amazing fight. I love that fight. Because Brow coming into that like murdered people for however oh, many years was just slaughtering people and Dillashaw just floated around him and just lit him up for I think it was five rounds not yeah, but then I look at that and go is that as impressive as oh, Cody yeah. versus Dominic Cruz because to me Cody's performance was way more impressive he literally moves around Cruz who is one of the best yeah also someone that moves like that yeah like, fight too but I think that Dillashaw fight is where I kind of fell in love with MMA like that's where I started enjoying watching MMA, so that for me is is why I enjoy that fight so much. I'm trying to think where I first fell in love with MMA. It's probably I think it was UFC sixty seven. I remember I remember Chuck Liddell knocking somebody out. Ah I hit the signature and ran around the cage. And I remember being like, This is the guy, this is the guy that's the one. That, literally, I remember that saying to him, Yeah, like, bro, we're going to hit the full mohawk one day. I'm yeah. telling you, get some Chinese writing, dude. When you come He's... out of quarantine, you've got to get the pink mohawk. Oh, mate, I probably aren't coming out of quarantine. I'll stay here forever. No, that's sweet. Um, Just before we go, I want an interesting story from when you used to work in hospitality. Like a funny story. Something that I can clip and put on Instagram as a minute video. Something that's a minute video Funny how. Just like someone doing something completely mad. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen working in hospitality? Because I, I did a year or two in a bar and I saw I saw some pretty stupid stuff. Okay, give me examples of what you saw that was stupid. So I did, this isn't a, a story, but I did one day in a nightclub. I did one shift in the nightclub and I handed my notice in at the end of that shift. Um... At the point where I was sweeping fags up at five o'clock in the morning, I knew it wasn't for me. Like, no. I was tired. Um, some of the mad stuff. There was a woman that used to come into the pub that I used to work at that used to piss herself while she was having a dinner. Yeah. Okay, so I remember once <laughs> I was working, I'd been, this is coming towards the end of my hospitality tenure because I'd, I'd finally had enough of it all. Yeah. So I'd gone to work and everything seemed like a fairly regular Friday night. It was really, really busy. I'm having the time of my life, having a really good buzzing time. So I get a shout from my team saying, can you come upstairs, please? It's an emergency. So I run upstairs, what's up? There is a guy pissing in the women's toilet. So I'm like, I, I didn't really hear it at first. I was like, this guy's pissing in the toilet. Of course, they're, they're pissing in the toilet. Like, no, 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 no. He's pissing in the women's toilet. So I was like, Okay, I can't go in there. 
because there's a yeah. bunch of in there. So I send my female member of staff in. She goes, he's pissing in a bin in the corner. So I'm like, right, I don't really know what to do. Is this so, a night or a restaurant? This is a nightclub. This is a nightclub. This is about, uh, it's probably, I don't know, 12.30 at night. So I grab two dormants, run back over, send the girl in to, to get all the girls in the stall or away. So the doormen go in and are like, come on, mate, let's go. And they're like way soft for this guy, but I can see the utter horror on these girls' faces. So I'm like, no, we can't do this. Straight jacket style, one arm around the neck, other <laughs> one puts his hand down so he can't drag it up, start dragging downstairs. Yeah. And then he starts getting like super heavy. So I'm like, stop resisting. You're making this worse. Okay. Dragging him out. Dick still flailing in the wind. <laughs> this, like, you can't make this up, so there's piss going everywhere at this stage. Dragging him downstairs. I get to the bottom of the stairs, get to the door, like, oh, let him go, and the body drops, hits the deck. Yeah. Kid's unconscious, because <laughs> the toehold was a little bit too tight. So now, yes. I've got a guy on the front door of my, of my bar, with his dick in the cold, <laughs> covered in piss, unconscious. The police just are across the road looking at me, and it just goes. <laughs> they give me a nod and walked off. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I've just done that. So we go inside. Um, I go to my office, and one of my members of staff comes to me and goes, Joff, the police are here. Said, drag, some, drag somebody out. Did, did you do that? I was like, yeah, send them in. So then I had to spend the next 30 minutes explaining to the police officers why I dragged somebody out of my venue using what potentially unreasonable force. Um, and I left him on the curb unconscious and piss. Nice. That is a good story. <laughs> I, honestly, like, when I think of hospitality, like, I've probably got a million, but, like, I yes. just there and really think, like, what, what happened at that time and what ridiculousness happened that day. I remember getting a great discount on a meal because I knew someone that may or may not be in this Skype call. It was it was good, that was. I don't know if you remember that. Wait, where did you get a discount? Um, a Mexican place. Oh, yeah. It's always good for that. You just have to, like, there's a couple of places where you just throw, throw the name out, see what happens, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah, that's what we did. It was like, you see that guy over there? Can you send him over here? And you came over and it was like, yeah, I'll sort it out. <laughs> sounds sounds like something I do. To be fair, I'm not gonna lie. Like I probably gave away a lot of discounts to that place. Shout out to Keto for employing me. Yeah. A lot of my friends ate discounted meals. Thank you. Um, that was a really nice day as well. I'm really missing nice days and food. I'm, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like I worked all last week, so like I work nights. Like I finished my shift yeah. at seven a.m. this morning. Like I said, I am yet to miss anything with lockdown. The only thing I miss is the gym. Yeah, and the ability to go and train. But for me, this is good. Spent like four months, not sure if I ever wanted to fight or to train or to do those kind of things and not really understanding why. The more this goes on, the stronger my resolve gets. I want to get out of this house. I want to go and train. I want to go and fight. I feel as much as like everybody goes on like, oh, I'm going to smash my next opponent. That isn't really the way I work. However, I do feel really bad for my next opponent because you've kept me in this house and I've not fought since October. It's probably not going to be October till fight now. You didn't let me do that for a year. A lot of bad energy coming out of this bad boy. Fair enough. Hey, the well, pink bandit will rise again. Are you 
are you currently in a contract? Are you free to fight wherever? I'm just waiting for a call, really. I'm free to fight wherever. I'm hoping, you know, maybe go the way of my teammates, get about on cage warriors before the end of the year. Um, a lot of people that I know seem to be stepping up for, for Bellator and things like that. I, I don't really care, you know. I'm one of those a pro. I can't, I can't moan. I just like a couple of tough fights, and then when I'm done winning tough fights, take a couple more tough ones. Then when I'm done winning those, take another couple of tough ones, and then eventually, like, there's a gold door over here which will get ticked off. And then once I've ticked that off, then I can, you know, comfortably chill. Got anyone in mind? Any, any people you you you've got your eyes on that you want to want to challenge now? The UK light heavyweight and heavyweight uh, domestic scene it isn't huge in terms of pro. Um, I don't really care. I'd like to fight a heavyweight next. Um, I'm, I'm bulking up a tiny bit to, to fight a heavyweight, you know. I'm embracing the winter body. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, it's here anyway. Like, the, the beautiful thing about depression is, like, I think it really gets you in touch with who you are and, like, I gained an absolute ton of weight. But I sat there and was like, I'm happy, though. So I don't care. So I can embrace it. Um, and I'm, for me, I'm like... point for me, like, I... I had a similar thing where I didn't really get out of bed for a few weeks and was triggered by um, like loss, similar to yourself. Like you were saying that you lost someone a few years ago, and I come out of that and I was like, I don't really give a fuck what people think anymore. Like all I care about is my little circle, probably ten, fifteen people. Everyone, fuck off. As as you'll know, I've had that opinion forever. Yeah. So, like for me, I'm just. I'm just kind of rolling with it now. Like I say, I'd like to fight a heavyweight. There's a couple of people out there that, you know, I've seen considering fighting and things like that. I mean, there's a couple of, uh, of coaches from gyms around the country that are talking about fighting and they're kind of not far off those divisions. So, I mean, okay, if, it, if it's going to be anyone, it may as well be me. Yeah. Well, I, I doubt they'd take the fights personally. Okay. Who's that? Can't say his name, but I'll send you a text. Ah, uh, I it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's not even like it's not even like a beef thing. Like it's just uh, it's one of them things, isn't it? Like I saw he was getting ready to fight previously, and uh, his opponent pulled out. Uh, you can figure it out. It was on Almighty. His, his opponent pulled out. I think it was the you day before. Well <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, for an hour and ten minutes in now, no one's going to be watching at this point. There'll be like three people in the lobby. Sean the Hammer. Sean Hammer. Sean sure. Hammer Martin, he runs a Hammer MMA um, in St. Helens, and right. for literally no other reason than the fact that he's a coach. Okay. Like, zero. Like, there's no, no beef. It, there's no beef there. He trains uh, a close friend of mine, Ash Reese. There's zero beef. I just think it'd be cool. Yeah. My brain is like, what's not good? What's not a good idea about that? He's a heavyweight. He's pretty warm. I know man looks big. He's but done kickboxing for years. He has his own gym, so he obviously knows a bit. Let's do it. Yeah. Like, let's do it. Like, honestly, his opponent pulled out, and it was, I think it was two days' notice. Okay. I messaged the guy, like... Is this very recently? This was... November? Okay. Maybe? Yeah. I messaged the guy, like, yo, let's get it. Like, I messaged, I messaged the guy who deals with my fights and I messaged him, like, yo, let's get it. And he was like, you're absolutely not doing that. I was like, categorically, I'll do it. Let's <laughs> look, like, run this. come on a podcast. <laughs> like, it's not even like, it's not like I say, it's not a beef thing. I just think it'd be a cool idea. Like, yeah. he seems like a cool guy. 
obviously, yeah. I am a cool guy. We can both be cool guys, but yeah. like both of us have got intentions. Cool guys. Yeah, exactly. Like, yo, we're just two cool guys. We're gonna we're down to punch each other. I think, uh, yeah, MMA. M- there are a lot of MMA fights where there is no. At the end of every MMA fight, virtually every MMA fight, there's always a handshake and there's always a hug. And it's a sport at the end of the day. It's not about, yeah, there's guys that talk a lot of shit to sell fights and to get people in the arenas. But at the end of it, there's, there's like, a lot of guys don't care. I don't, I, I don't care who, who is. Like, I just, I'm just trying to, I'm, I have fun doing it and I'm probably going to enjoy doing it. So for me, I'm like, Something like that's cool because I'm like, you put your gym on, on your back, let's do it then. Because I put my gym on my back and then we'll see who's, who's back stronger to carry a gym. And I ain't carrying SBG, like obviously Matt carries SBG, but I'd like to just represent and do that. I don't know. Yeah, one of his one of his students moved there after, after I beat them. Um, and I think like we're, we're good friends now and I think he's turning pro in this kind of year. But... Like I said, the domestic scene in the UK is really small. So, like I said to him, you know, there's probably a point where a pass would end up crossing, which isn't a problem for me. It kind of like we might be friends, but obviously it is what it is. We're both out here for similar reasons, and like, doing it in the gym day anyway. Exactly. So my approach with the coach is exactly the same. Like we're out here for the exact same things. So. Like, why are you getting offended about me wanting to fight you? Yeah, I, I, do you know what? I doubt he would be offended personally. Yeah, yeah. I imagine he would be offended. I, I just imagine he'd be a bit like, why? And I'm like, because why not? Why not? I have a reason behind most of the stuff that I say. <laughs> I just think it'd be a cool idea. Yeah. Like, I wake yeah. up one day and I'm like, that's it. Thank you for coming on. I'm going to wrap it up there. We've got to an hour and ten minutes. We don't want to go too long.